0: This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN 690.com. I think we're doing a lot of things.
1: I think you know, um, you know, we discussed the quarterback situation. I think that you know, a lot of our you know meetings, I would say the majority of our meetings are are virtual. You know, at the end of the day, you're going to be on the field together. You know, I mean, so. You know, everywhere you go, there's going to be a risk of of something that you do. That best player is is going to be on the field, obviously, practicing with with his teammates or in a huddle. So I just think it's a matter of, again, it's about mitigating risk and, you know, what you feel is the best environment that you can control to keep it uh, safe. That is Doug Marone today talking about this pandemic and trying to navigate COVID-19. Uh, interesting topic. I don't want to get into it right now. We might have time for it today. If not, we'll hold it till tomorrow. But uh, uh, unfortunately, we got plenty of time to talk about COVID nineteen uh, and how it impacts the NFL season. Yeah, uh, and I'll raise it to you so it, you can at least start thinking about it. Homework assignment is like is what I like to call it. Should the Jags be quarantining some players, or should teams do it in general? But should the Jags, more specifically, should they say from a backup quarterback situation? Uh, Should they take Joshua Dobbs and say, hey, or Mike Lennon, I don't want you around the team. Learn virtually. Do your workouts virtually. Do all this stuff, uh, even maybe on the field stuff eventually, so you don't get it and we have somebody to go to when needed. Uh, Mm -hmm. Should they do that with some of the key players just to make it to the season? (sighs) You don't have to answer it right now, but something to think about because it's interesting. It's an interesting concept. Yeah. uh, and. There's a couple different ways to go with it, uh, as usual. I mean, do I start cultivating mass again and start putting like 10 pounds on this frame for maybe a
2: shot at whatever defense we are going to run this redemption. year? Redemption. The redemption tour.
3: <laughs> the redemption tour. Maybe if you need like, to put on weight, I'll just put you on my when I was on vacation diet. I was okay? going
2: to say, because I'm not eating your usual tofu stuff. <laughs> I mean, no, hey.
3: I get it, and I love
2: tofu, but I ain't going to be putting the calories on there no, to add the no. no, I'm going to be losing weight, actually.
1: I want to continue the discussion and wrap it up on the Pac-12 and the We Are United movement. I think it's fascinating because I do think, not only this, I think the pandemic, the economics of it, what college sports are going they lost March Madness. They could lose a lot with no fans in the stands. I think the dynamic of college football, college basketball, college sports is already changing. I think it could change even more something like this, that the Pac-12 and this opt-out stuff and We Are United movement could really change it, like to another dramatic level. Mm -hmm. So I think we're already seeing it. I mean, we're seeing it with some sports that that aren't even going to exist. And by the way, I will circle back on one thing, and and I said this to someone over the weekend, because people are a little wishy-washy on this topic, like, well, scholarship's enough and blah, 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 and we're going to get into that. But when it comes to other sports outside of football and basketball, I will say in full disclosure, I played college baseball. My kids play baseball and softball. I don't know if they're going to play in college, but if they do, I want as many programs out there for them to potentially be able to play and have a choice to play. So for anybody who does crew or cross country or tennis or golf, I think I want to preserve those sports for those kids. This isn't just a football and basketball world. Listen, I get it. I get the economics of it. I understand that. Yeah. I love it just as much as everybody else does. But I also would like to preserve out of this time frame the baseballs, softballs, tennises, golfs, all those other sports that might not make as much money. I get it that they don't make as much money, but we're seeing them cut all over the place. So anything that preserves them, I gotta be honest with you. Selfishly, I played it. My kids could potentially play it. I know a lot of people that could go to play it. I hope they somehow figure that out to preserve these programs. I want as many programs to exist as possible. Listen, I've said since the day I graduated and played four years of college baseball, and I was not this superstar ever going to make it to the pros, any of that. But I say ever since then, I've said, find a play. If you love to play a sport Mm – Find a place to play in college. It's a unique experience. It's di- it's 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 a fun experience. It's a valuable experience. Those are some of my best years ever playing ball were in college. Not performance wise, one of you was, but mm-hmm. my best year ever playing, I got like twenty six at bats all season. Mm-hmm. I the the friendships I made, the the, the different level of playing, mm-hmm. all these different things mm-hmm. about the sport that I loved, and you could equate that to a lot of different sports. Yep. I have always said. Go play. The, it doesn't have to be at Florida, Florida State. Go play at Flagler. Go play at a Division three school. Go play at a junior college. The college experience is different. I'm a huge advocate of that. I have been for 20 years, and I'd hate to see that go away because of the pandemic and because of, oh, nothing else matters except football and basketball.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, listen, I had the opportunity to befriend a bunch of college athletes, even at Murray State, and whether they're softball players, track athletes, basketball players, um, r- rifle team, which is actually, fun fact, one of the best teams in the country is the Murray State Rifle Team. Really? Yeah, they won a couple NCAA championships. I mean, they're like world-class, like a couple Olympians. So, like, I got to see kind of behind the scenes about that a little bit. Um, it's crazy, by the way. So, like, but what I garnered is regardless of how many people come to watch them perform, let's just say, and obviously being football, we're one of the highest, but, like, they still work their butt off for their craft, right? They they still put their time, effort, blood, sweat, and tears to try to be at the best they can be. And maybe that doesn't get reciprocated with the crowd being there all the time to cheer for them, but it's still a thing. And, and I agree heartily with you. Whether it's D3, D1, scholarship, non-scholarship, like the life lessons and the, and the friendships and the camaraderie that you take away from college sports, you can't put a price tag on it, all right? You, you absolutely cannot do that. So- Once again, I mean, to me, it has to be about the football and maybe some basketball, you know, bringing the school, they have to realize, like, listen, we have to bring everybody along. We're we're in this together. It's not just we're the powerhouse here, and then there's, you know, then there's crew, and then there's tennis. No, it it should all be one conglomerate, if you will. And in my opinion, one way to get that done is like I was talking about, you tax the football team. If the football team wants to spend $50 million on renovations, then that tax money that you tax them with – goes to other, other schools. But to me, it's all about bringing everyone along
1: with you. It's supposed to be a family. And it also makes it very difficult on this next topic because yeah. you're talking about revenue and non-revenue sports. And here's the big one, okay? Fair market pay, rights, and freedom. This is what they want out of the Pac-12. We are united movement. They've asked for this. They, they put the article on the Players' Tribune. Distribute 50% of each sport's total conference revenue evenly among athletes in their respective sports. Not non-conference, but yeah. conference revenue. And by the way, like in baseball, you might not make a lot. So you're not going to distribute much to the players. Sure, That's an interesting move. It's much like the likeness. Where the sports are making it, the players will make it. Uh, where the, the sports are not making it, maybe not. The difference with the likeness movement is... And the image is I still believe you're going to get a soccer player, a women's soccer player or a women's volleyball player that comes up with this great idea, hashtag, whatever, puts yeah. it on a shirt and makes a ton of money out of it yeah. because she's an inspiring story or, or whatever Listen, it might be. I mean, we, I like that about the image and you likeness. better believe
2: it, man. And we've talked about we've had Ali and We talked about her, man, the Boise State, you yes. know, when she said I'm feeling I'm not feeling very hot right now and she me in a in a looks kind of way like that's a meme right there. Like that's a trending topic that should get you some money. Because you won on NCAA championship, you had a great interview, and now here's a reward for that. To me, fifty percent of each sport, you're gonna have a lot of high school student athletes making quote unquote business decisions now. Yeah. Right? Because let's let's say that I'm kinda on the fence to do I don't want to play lacrosse or football. Well heck, if I have a scholarship for both things, maybe if I'm even a better lacrosse player than I'm a football player. I'm playing football. I'm getting that revenue. If I'm going to a D1 university and I'm getting 50% of the revenue, I'd be crazy not to play football. Lacrosse, yeah, I'm good at it, but, you know, lacrosse isn't going to generate what football's generating. So I just think – there's a problem there where all of a sudden now you're taking away some of the, like the, the love and the passion of the game for the price tag.
1: Six-year athletic scout, by the way, the 50% revenue is above the revenue that NFL players get. Yeah. I mean, it's a big ask. It's well, not where they're going to land. Correct. So they threw it out there as a big ask. It would never land that way. And I don't really, I, I think it's almost, I think it's too much of an ask. I mean, there is a business element of this. And to go along with everything else, it seems a lot to me. I've been in favor of a lot of these little things. That one's so big and so, uh, such a monstrosity, especially at the Power Five level, Yeah, I, I think that's a little crazy. Uh, but again, it wouldn't land there. Six-year athletic scholarships to foster undergraduate and graduate degree completion. Like the idea of furthering education, I think that's under a uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm kind of sliding that in under education. <laughs> that was like topic E or at on the yeah. on the hierarchy here of uh, our topics. But elimination yeah. of all policies and practices restricting or deterring our freedom of speech, our ability to fully participate in charitable work, our freedom to participate in campus activities outside of mandatory athletics participation. Uh so a little bit more player empowerment there. Yep. Ability of players of all sports to transfer one time without punishment, and additionally in case of abuse or serious negligence. This almost seems like it's happening in a way because of the waivers, Mm -hmm. but not across the board. It hasn't happened. I do think we could get there anyway at some point with that one. Uh, Ability to complete eligibility after participating in a pro draft if player goes undrafted and foregoes professional participation within seven days of the draft. That's an interesting one. It's a conundrum for coaches and recruiting because recruiting usually is already done. But those are a couple of topics that we spent a lot of time on talked about in in the past, let me go over one uh, uh, part three of this and, and i didn't I just tried to tie all the economics uh, together and mm-hmm. racial injustice in college sports and society. Form a permanent civic engagement task force made up of our leaders, experts of our choice, and university and conference administrators to address outstanding issues such as racial injustice in college sports and in society. In partnership with the Pac-12, 2% of conference revenue would be directed by players to support financial aid for low-income black students, community initiatives, and development programs for college athletes on each campus. Form annual Pac-12 Black College Athlete Summit with guaranteed representation of at least three athletes of our choice from every school Cool. Mm-hmm. To some degree, these three mm-hmm. bullet points, I'm not really sure why we don't already have in place. Correct. And I think coming out of the Black Lives Matter movement of 2020, we could see them mm-hmm. come into place. play anyway, uh, regardless of what comes out of this whole we are united situation. Yeah, I think, I
2: mean, that is kind of like a formality. Eventually, was that was going to happen regardless. So I agree with you there.
1: All right. So we just went over a lot. All right. This is big. I mean, it's a lot of different things. I think they're pretty clear, though, to understand. Mm-hmm. It comes down to this for me. And this is the question you get a lot. Is it a fair question? And how would you answer it? You're getting an education. You're Hmm. getting a chance to further your uh, academics, your uh, social maturation, if you will, your uh, athletic maturation. And in some sports, a chance to build your brand and also go to the professional level where you can make money. Hmm. Is that enough? Some people believe it is. Yeah. Um, Listen, I have a
2: tendency to believe that people that want to live and die on that hill of, well, a scholarship should be enough, have never played team sports at a collegiate level because they don't know the time, effort, and the hours that go into being a successful student-athlete. They just don't. Because being a student-athlete, I mean, at least from my perspective at at an FCS school or a D1 school... um, it was a full-time job, okay? And that full-time job ranges from the spring, the fall, the winter, and going into the summer, okay? It is a full-time job. So with that being said, to me, that's what earned your scholarship right there. The, the, the part where you get to play on the field and you actually get to enjoy yourself, you have fun, and it's some of the best memories you can take away from said sport, that's extra. That's gravy as far as I'm concerned. And guess what? That extra, that gravy – that gravy's making the university millions and millions and millions of dollars. In some cases. In some cases. Obviously, with football, it's probably a lot higher than other sports. Obviously. But to me, that can't go without being just. Like, that, so there needs to be some sort of compensation for that. It's, it's hard to justify student-athletes, if you will, who can't use their, as it is right now, I mean, and we'll see what happens in the future, who can't use their talents, their abilities to to host football camps. To to take on private lessons, to do these types of things, to go on YouTube and broadcast a video, you can't do these types of things because it's against the violation, but here you have a violin player who's on full scholarship who can charge 200 bucks an hour for a private lesson and be compensated as such and make a pretty good living for themselves in college, but then you have college student-athletes who are having trouble maybe taking care of their families as well, having trouble maybe getting a meal on the table just because the stipend that they're given isn't enough for them to make it, okay? So there's differences, I understand that, but I just think of... The job of a, of a student-athlete, it is a full-time job, and I think that if you're going to make millions and millions of
1: dollars for university, you should be compensated as so. I think a lot of these things you could check the boxes on. Uh, listen, you have to understand the nature of college and scholarships is you are being used by the university to some degree for your skill set, uh, especially when it comes to Power Five football and basketball and the money-making that goes in, into it, and well, you are using them as well <laughs> for yeah, a platform. Exactly. We can't ignore that side. Yeah. I don't think. I come from a different situation. I played Division two school. I walked on. Never had a scholarship. Mm-hmm. And I still put the time and effort that every other kid put in. So to me, it felt like, heck, I would have taken a college scholarship. Yeah. You know, it would have been nice. You know, but I never really thought, like, I didn't have any ill will on that. It was like, hey, you're not good enough to earn a college scholarship. That might have been 20 years ago thinking, too, mm-hmm. in fairness. It might have just been, hey, this is the system. This is the system we signed up for. This is it. You know, I mean, heck, recruiting has changed. So the way we think about college is so different than, mm-hmm. I was just talking to my buddy about it yesterday, than, than what we thought about it in 1994 and 95 before we were going to college. It's just so different, especially if you play a sport. So, I believe the college scholarship is worth something to me. The 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 fancy buildings uh and the big time programs, the the tutors and all those things, yeah, they certainly have value to them. But when you put that value based against what the school is making off your team. I don't even want to say you because it's not an individual thing, it's usually your team. Correct. And also put it in perspective with what like your head coach is making. Mm-hmm. It doesn't add up. I think the easiest answer is to check a lot of these boxes that that are non-economical, also to check the likeness box, which is about to happen, because that gives a person – again, Tim Tebow, if he wants to, he could earn as much money as he wanted to in college under the likeness and image. Of course. Right? And so he shouldn't feel slighted at all. He's using – again – He's getting boosted by the platform of the Florida Gators, Mm -hmm. and now he can get something in return for that.
2: Well, and also keep in mind, too, I mean, there's really no community like the sports community, right? Where if there was like a college player that was going through something like tragic or, you know, like a loss of a family member or like a a terminal illness, something like that, I I would bet nine times out of ten that – that university, those fans would support him, you know, almost like a GoFundMe, but now they're buying his shirts. They're, 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 whatever. Yeah, good they're, point. They're, I mean, like, those stories are always out there. Absolutely. And you never hear the stories where it's like, well, yeah, we support this so-and-so, this much money because we get, no, because that's, once again,
1: that's illegal right now. Yeah. So, I think about I mean, the young man from Purdue. Exactly. Uh, exactly. I, and I, I don't have his name in yeah. front of yeah. me, but you know who I'm talking yeah. about.
2: Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. They would rally like around uh,
1: people uh, yeah. in need. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I think it's almost simplistic to a degree. I think it's, hey, hey, it's scholarships are on the table. Mm. I think bring back as many sports as possible and fund them as, as much as possible, even if you do have to borrow from the football dollars. Uh, I like your tax idea of the buildings. It's interesting. The The likeness and image stuff is happening. It's happening. Like but, it's already
2: happening. But I want to say one caveat to that real quick. I mean, it's definitely going to happen. I want it to happen. It needs to happen. We've been talking about it for a while now. But to me, it has to happen state by state by state at the exact same time. True, because if you have it happen earlier in Florida or in California, well, that's the ultimate recruiting advantage right there. Take, Absolutely, take the cool facilities out of it, take the cool locker rooms out of it. If you can go to a, a student athlete's house in high school and say, you know what, if you come play for us, your image and your likeliness, you get money off that. But of course, where if you if you're in a state that doesn't have that right off the get-go. Well, now you're buying the hate ball.
1: Yeah, well, I think – well, I say it's happening. I yeah. think because of Florida and Ohio and California and others, I think it's going to happen like a domino effect like day after day. It needs because to. Because I think the lobbyists and everywhere else at, at those universities are yeah. going to make it happen. It needs and to. Say, because we're going to be behind, like you said, yeah. uh, going into next year. I think the last piece of it, I don't know what the money revenue – I'm still okay with the pay-to-play stuff mm-hmm. to some degree. I don't think it has to be astronomical either. I think it has to be more of a gesture. There is, there are already stipends, but it could be more of a gesture and some kind of formula. People are smart. They can figure this stuff out. What makes sense? What makes logical sense? But, you know, the more I think about it, my first reaction is like, hey, you know, for a lot of people, like, scholarship is good. You're right. Uh, You know, and, and, but I don't think it has to be the only thing, especially for players and teams and programs that turn around and make a ton of money uh, for their schools. The other big thing about this whole conversation is, do we see, are we going to start to see the breakaway from the NCAA? Mm-hmm. And and that's obviously just a guessing game. But it looks like we could be seeing it. And where this football season goes, another caveat to that is, what do they decide about fall championships? Mm-hmm. That seems like that could be a domino and breaking away from the NCAA with the Power Five, especially in football, and having their own championships. There's a lot going on in college sports right now. Uh, I kind of like what this, the Pac-12 student-athlete did, uh, and I think it's going to gain some steam. I don't think they're going to check every box here. That never happens. Yeah. Uh, but I do think uh, they're going to change kind of the landscape of, of college sports. And like all of these things, it could take a little time. Here's, here's the biggest question, right,
2: because right now it's the Pac-12. And while that's a Power Five conference, to me it's not the SEC. And to me it's not the Big Ten. And I get right now there's been some, you know, student athletes, some pretty popular student athletes. For instance, Justin Fields actually retweeted one of the things that a player said from the Pac-12 about this whole thing and kind of the initiative. Justin Fields, obviously from Ohio State, big recruit, I mean, a, a big uh, guy coming out next year in the NFL draft might be, you know, a top five pick um, at the quarterback position. So other athletes are taking notice right now. But to me, it all comes down to the unity. It comes down to is everyone on the same page right now? Could you foresee the SEC players? Could you foresee the big you know, 10 um, student-athletes kind of following suit here and supporting the Pac-12? Or is the Pac-12 kind of on their own right now, and they're hoping that it works out just with them being at the forefront?
1: What are you willing to risk? That's the question. Are you willing to risk your college, mm-hmm. potentially NBA, potentially NFL? Are you willing to go out on a – that's what it's going to take. And uh, we're seeing a lot of people willing to risk a lot of things here in 2020. Could the college sc- student athlete band together? No, it won't be in full unity. And there's no way that's going to happen. But could it be loud enough? That's going to be a hard ask to get everybody loud enough to end on the same page. Uh, people will fold on this thing because it's a scary deal to, to just say, OK, I'm not going to do it. Uh, but it's almost the perfect time to do it as well. Uh, given COVID nineteen, yeah. given the opt out, given the, uh, the the voice everybody seems to have here in twenty twenty, mm-hmm. uh, including a, a student athlete, so it's it's perfect timing on their part. I just don't know if they'll get enough on board. I kind of hope they do because I've been one screaming for. I don't mind the change in the college landscape when yep. it comes to sports. I really don't. Uh, we'll see how drastic that is. I might be you know, wishing for something that I don't want to see. Sure. But uh, I think we are getting changes uh, through the pandemic, through movements like this. Uh, no doubt about it. Hey, big news out of Major League Baseball. Cardinals Tigers postponed uh, due to the uh, outbreak for the virus. Uh, quick thought on Major League Baseball. And if you look at the standings, the Miami Marlins and the Philadelphia Phillies have played three games. Yep. That is eye-popping to me. Yeah. As much as it is that the Orioles are 5 and 3 and the Rockies are in first place at 6 and 2 in the West, both really good stories. Yeah. But Miami's 2 and 1, second place by the way, and the Phillies are 1 and 2. That's the story so far of the Major League Baseball season, mm-hmm. and many people don't think we'll get to the 60 game slate. Somebody just asked will we even get out of August? I'm going to hold firm on my belief here. I believe once these leagues start, they are going to finish. I think they are going to finish. I, I Right now, I feel like I'm in the minority. Mm-hmm. I feel like Major League Baseball will find a way to finish. I don't know if they'll get 60 games in across the board. I think that actually looks unlikely. But I think they're going to find a way to finish. Do you think they make it all the way to the finish line? See, here's where we differ. Because to me, if you can't get
2: every team to play 60 games... Well, then, how can you justify that this season was a success? You know, like eventually, to me, you got to pull the plug. Now, the whole St. Louis Cardinals thing, listen, we, we don't really know a lot of the details yet. We don't know what transpired. But I've been saying this since day one. All right. And keep in mind, like the NBA has been doing a great job, obviously, with their bubble. We'll see with the NHL as well. But when you have guys traveling from city to city and, and you have guys that you expect just to follow every single protocol and not be. Human beings. I mean, Brent, you sent me that article, the, the, the whole thing in Wisconsin. They had a giant boat party in Wisconsin with thousands and thousands of people gathered around. No one's wearing a mask. Well, no. I mean, is that the smartest thing to do? Absolutely not. But people love tradition. People love to just be socialized. I mean, it's in our human nature. And if the rumors are true, the St. Louis Cardinals going out to casinos, there you go again, especially after the, the Miami Marlins instance. So I just think it's so... It's so non-realistic to expect these MLB players to go from city to city and just be like, all right, go to your hotel rooms, order room service, and stand there. Like, that's just not how human nature works. It's not how players operate. And I don't care how much money you're making. It's just, it, it, it's not what they do. And yeah, maybe some guys will follow every single book and every single protocol to an absolute T and good on them for doing that. But I'm just saying maybe even a, a small minority of those players But there's going to be some players out there that are going to ruin it for everybody. I just think if this keeps on going on like it's going on, it's hard to justify having the season.
1: Yeah, I just think they're going to push through. And there's a lot of money tied up in October. You think there's a lot of money in the season. There's a lot of money in October. Mm -hmm. This is a lost season for Major League Baseball in a lot of ways anyway. They're going to power through this thing, I think. Again, I feel like I'm in the minority out there. Maybe I'll put a poll question out there to see how much I am. But I think people think this thing's going to get shut down in Major League Baseball. I don't believe that to be the case. I actually believe their worst-case scenario happened in the first weekend, and that was the Marlins. Mm -hmm. Yes, this isn't good with the Cardinals either. But the worst-case scenario, I believe at least, maybe there is something worse out there, I think happened with the Marlins. And I think that still red-flagged everybody. Uh, We had a conversation last week. Could the Marlins have saved sports in 2020 because it was so drastic and dramatic right Mm -hmm. off the rip? It hasn't slowed it down or it hasn't eliminated it in baseball, but it's still not running rampant like it did in Miami, uh, at least at this stage. And they don't have a bubble, so you can't expect it to be zero test positive. It's yeah. just not going to happen. They had to know situations like the Cardinals would exist. I think they had hoped that a situation like the Marlins didn't exist, and that happened right off the rip of the year.
2: I just think any that you're postponing games and you're postponing series, that's just... That's a bad look, man.
1: It's a bad a- look, but keep in mind cool. you're not you don't have to say, hey fans, you can't you you have the fans at least doesn't matter to you. Don't have to at least tell them that you're postponing well, games. Matters for me because I brew my whole weekend for the Brewers. <laughs> yeah, but, okay, uh, but, but I'm selfish, yeah. But, but, but one of those, it's almost beneficial. Is you could play the game at whatever time, whatever day, yeah. play twice in a day because you don't have to at least get the ticketing and all that kind of stuff and. Yeah. it's That actually That's is a, a beneficial point. part of that it. As long as the TV guys are ready to roll and you can put that thing on TV. Mm-hmm. When we come back, another big story from the weekend about former Florida State Seminole, Jonathan Isaac. Mm-hmm. And first thoughts from NBA opening weekend and NHL opening weekend, plus The Rock buying the XFL. we got a lot to get to in the final 20 minutes. Staying with us on ESPN 690. You
0: know, he's such a great guy. He's such a great person. Uh, and how
2: hard he worked to get back on the court. You know, I, I hope it's nothing serious.
3: Uh, I hope it's just something that kind of shocked him. Um, but, yeah, it was sad, man. It brought tears to my eye.
1: was Aaron Gordon from the Orlando Magic? Was that, um, was he driving a Zamboni? During that, yeah, I believe that they, were, uh, the they were Zamboning
3: the courts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know you didn't drive a Zamboni, Zambored but it's was the only the thing courts. I could think of. I was like that kid, I just I like
2: who just said Zambone in the corner. Is that, that was Zamboni? That's, that's the I verb mean, of
3: doing of Zamboning. Sure about that? Everyone?
1: <laughs> sure about that one? Is that yeah. what sound from the bubble sounds like?
3: Listen. It might have been. Yeah. they were, they had to stay 6 feet away, I guess. They got better at halfway through the Here's what I want to know.
2: Like. Can we how do we get to be the the, the fans in the crowd and the like the
3: you, know, like the, you have to drink Michelob Ultra. Is that what it is? Yeah, like the fans win and get in, yeah. Oh, I mean, there's kids, though. Oh, okay, so I guess that the kids do it. The dad wins or something. Yeah, drink Michelob Ultra? That's the whole That's promotion on the back
1: there. Yes. Oh, the whole promotion is Michelob Ultra? I believe Never so. Mind. I'm not sure how you do it, but I think it's through their website. Never mind. I'm all set, then. Hey, Michelob by the way, Ultra. why don't... I'll I'm, get to drinking. <laughs> <the> <laughs> Why don't yeah, we Michael get
3: Michael good Hey we
1: get Michael Bolter on and We can put fans back behind us <laughs> Let's get it man
3: <laughs> I was watching the fans too I'm like someone's gonna do something stupid Did you see right? you Paul Pierce falling asleep? Who was? Paul Pierce <laughs> No Paul Pierce was on
2: the Celtics Michael Bolter fan cam whatever And like to start the game You know he's You can see him And all of a sudden He's like laying on the couch sideways Like his head's like diagonal <laughs> Not with other fans <laughs> it was
1: Crazy man Paul <laughs> Pierce a trip Big story there is Aaron Gordon talking about Jonathan Isaac, former Florida State Hoop player. Yeah. Young player in the NBA. Torn ACL. It's so obviously a devastating injury.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: That's not really the biggest talker. That was the next talker. The biggest talker happened earlier in the weekend when he stood for the national anthem mm-hmm. and uh, wore his magic. Jersey, not a Black Lives Matter shirt or any other shirt. Mm -hmm. That got everybody talking. Oh, yeah. It is an interesting dynamic. What will get people talking right now, if you go all the way back to the start of kneeling for the national anthem. It was if you knelt for the national anthem. Well, you were. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. Ostracized. Yes. You're a, a leper. Now, if you stand for the national anthem, you are at least questioned because I wouldn't say Popovich and Hammond were uh, ostracized. They were actual They they almost had to explain themselves why they were standing, mm-hmm. uh, which really wasn't a distinct explanation for Pop. Yep. He said he'd keep that to himself. Mm-hmm. Um Interesting dynamic going on right now with the kneeling for the anthem. Yeah. But especially when it comes to Jonathan Isaac, uh, Twitter was wild and they don't hold back. And mm-hmm. uh, it's one of those times when you almost want to cancel your Twitter account yeah. uh, after the injury to Isaac. But your thoughts on the standing for the national yeah. anthem for Jonathan so, Isaac. Listen,
2: I, I think so. I don't know Jonathan Isaac, you know personally, obviously, and I don't really even I didn't really even know of Jonathan Isaac until this whole thing came out, and then then all of a sudden he's the front page of every headline, and all of a sudden it seemed like both sides, regardless of the news source, had something to say about it, where it was like the far left was like, well he's not on the same page, you know, like he's all this progress, and yeah, one guy not following suit, and the other side is like this guy is so brave, like it's just it was just a whirlwind, man. It was just a whirlwind. Here's what I say about Jonathan Isaac standing for the national anthem. Is Jonathan Isaac's heart in the right spot? Does Jonathan Isaac support his teammates that kneel? Does Jonathan Isaac have his teammates back that want to see a change for racial injustice? I can sit here right now and say wholeheartedly, I think so. I absolutely believe so. Because if you hear, you know, like the the post-game interview after he did that and everything – Listen he he's he's an ordained minister and he's a man of faith okay no, obviously, me being in terms of a man of faith, I'm not as hardcore as that guy is, and that's okay, man. I'm, I'm not saying faith is a bad thing. I think it's a fantastic thing because I think faith can make people be good to each other. And if that's what it takes, then so be it. More power to Jonathan Isaac. So I'm not here to nitpick Jonathan Isaac's faith or what he believes in. That's awesome. More power to him. And I'm not going to even nitpick the fact that he was standing because, once again, I think that his heart is in the right spot. It's just, to me, it's the reactions, man. You know, it's the people that want to go. Whoa, whoa! Look what he's doing over here. Look what he's doing. like, dude. He has his play. He has his teammates back. Okay, I still think he's down for the cause. Okay, just because his religious beliefs or his religious faith dictated that, you know, he shouldn't take a knee, that's okay. Because at the end of the day, and I've been very, very outspoken about this. Whether you're Drew Brees, doesn't matter the color in your skin. What, as long as you're down for the cause, man. As as long as you know people can embrace that. You're making progress. We're not making progress right now. If you talk to John Isaac and say, well, he should have been kneeling, what an embarrassment. That's not making progress. That's singling somebody out. And that's the last thing we need in this country right
1: now. Well, it's an interesting thought. Here's the thought that went through my mind. And He talked a lot about his faith and, yeah. and religion uh, as to why he stood. Uh, and, and some people were critical of that, too, just because it got off message yeah uh, which is something we have talked about so I got to be I don't want to be hypocritical sure. in that sense it's like okay what is the message uh, that was actually my curiosity about what if NFL players do kneel mm-hmm. uh, this was months ago by the way will it take away from the message and the progress trying to be made uh, so I think that's while not I, I wouldn't get carried away in that criticism of Isaac could he have used the opportunity to speak more about mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter, and what the NBA is trying to accomplish and the players are trying to accomplish, I think he could have. That's a good I, point. I think he could have. Uh, but I also think, and I don't know if this was any of his motivation, if he just didn't share it and maybe outsmarted people in this sense, it was a few days into the NBA, and there were some fantastic pregame moments that were being discussed. And those things, after they become the norm, kind of go away. Isaac actually brought the discussion back up and made it more of a platform. Yeah. You know, and that's sometimes what happens. Sometimes it takes – in this case, I don't think it's a bad, but sometimes it does take a little bit, whether it's a Drew Brees thing that raised the platform. Correct. Or it's a Jonathan Isaac situation that raises the platform back into discussion mode, and here we are on a Monday talking about it. Yeah. Right? Because I think that's the biggest thing, whether you listen to LeBron James talk or anybody else talk. It's like, well – Doug Marone, after the protests here in Jacksonville, well, we don't want the discussion to stop.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, some of these things that go on, again, some will interpret good, some will interpret bad, I think continue the discussion, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes raise the level of the discussion instead of making it the norm, because things become the norm awfully quick, you're awfully not,
2: you're, quick. You're not lying, man. And then, then obviously we fast forward to and he, he gets hurt and ends up tearing his ACL. Right, and we all saw it. I mean, yeah, who's talking about believe it? I couldn't I say, believe it. Who who's talking about this in this segment? Well, we, we all saw it, and I'm not gonna put up all receipts right now and call. I mean, it's pointless, okay? But all I'm gonna say is, listen, if you wanna heckle somebody, bring somebody down because their livelihood just got taken away from them, of a devastating injury, and you feel like in that moment in time after that happens your first response to seeing that on TV is to go on your social media with your 10 followers or whoever it is and try to tell a funny joke or bring that man down, you're just, um, you're just the same amount of problem as what we're trying to fight for, in my opinion. Because now you're showing your true colors, okay? You're, you're not trying to drag somebody along with you. You're not trying to lift somebody up. You're trying to tear somebody down. And the last time I checked, this whole battle right now, this whole Black Lives Matter initiative, was about the injustice of people getting torn down. Well, now you want to go on social media and run your mouth and tell jokes and tear people down over a a, a season-ending injury, someone losing a livelihood. Keep showing your true colors, man. You know what? And I don't want to say there's any kind of silver lining in this whole thing because it's a horrible situation. Feel bad for the guy. He's still young. He'll bounce back. I'm sure he's going to be fine. But listen. If I don't take one silver lining out of this whole thing, you're starting to see who who the frauds are out there. And you're starting to see who the people who don't have two feet in the foxhole for this cause are out there. They're, they're, they're showing themselves. We didn't have to pull receipts or anything. They're showing themselves to the world to see. So keep doing it because that's what we need. We need to know who those people are.
1: It's the uh, evil of social media. Uh, if you will, of uh, some of the things that were said mm-hmm. over the last 24 hours uh, in relation to the injury for the young man Jonathan Isaac uh, out of Florida State. A uh, quick pivot here, and and as we wrap up the show, a couple quick things uh, I want to get to check off the list at least. NBA opening weekend, Coos driving dish podcast, jump on in. Dallas Mavericks have clinched a playoff spot. You mm-hmm. just said yep. uh, overall. Good weekend, a ball.
3: Mm. It was great for every team but mine. So <laughs> wow. TJ Warren box score breakdown coming I mean. up. But
1: listen, I got, uh, I got, yeah. I got swept by the Yankees. So I hear you, man. <laughs> well, yeah, my I'm baseball team's sitting. about to have
3: to go up against those Yankees. So that's another part. it was a good, 10? yeah, fifty-three points. What does he have today? By the way, I, I don't even want to look. <laughs> it made me so Coos, mad. Coos Coos well, and then you, you got Joel and, Bede and, and some of the other players fighting on the, not fighting, but getting into an altercation on Warren's the bench. Warren's
1: got 27 by the way. He's uh, 0 for 5 from three-point land, but he's still got 27.
3: There was a lot of made three-pointers this weekend. That, in terms that of just was. like, it was an outrageous clip of like, How I think is, Paul George was making, and it had like nine at one point. It was like six for nine or something like that at one point in one game.
1: We brought this up at to the top of the show. Is it just Relaxed defense as we ease back in, or were you surprised there's not more cold shooting? I, I haven't looked at the percentages, yeah. but like LeBron struggled, and I yeah. was like, well, okay, that's the norm. I mean, they're in a different place; they don't play here very often. It's now it's game time. I haven't really played a game in however long. Mm-hmm. It makes sense that people would be a little cold. I didn't see 53 coming, but other guys, have, I mean, the scoring's up, yeah, or at least on target. So I think in terms of scoring, I'm a little surprised of just how
2: fast-paced it even is and how much scoring is to be done. At the same time, I think defense right now, it's hard to come by just because guys are still kind of um, getting themselves back ingrained in the game of basketball, right? And I think right now, I mean, for a lot of these teams – these games right now are just kind of a formality. They're they're kinda of used as a tool to get back in that game shape and to get ready for make that playoff push. So I don't think we're seeing exactly, you know, guys giving hundred percent I wanna say, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I think once playoffs start back up, then we'll see that. But right now I think a lot of these games for a lot of these top tier teams are kinda of formality.
1: Quick note, by the way, uh, on Thursday, I think it was, we had Jason Christie from the Iceman on uh, as we shift over to the NHL real quick. Jansen Harkins uh, used to play for the Iceman back in 2017-18, scored his first NHL goal today in a playoff game against Calgary. That's awesome. One of the three players for the Iceman uh, that are playing in the playoffs in the NHL scored a goal, so that's pretty cool. That's awesome.
3: Uh, The other thing I wanted to bring up before we move away from... Basketball. I was going to try to get in before you went to hockey, but
1: couldn't make it. Um, We don't care about uh, (laughs) seamless transitions. Okay, perfect,
3: good. Uh, Woj did tweet this out earlier that Mike Budenholzer, Holder, Holzer, if I could say it right, and uh, Billy Donovan were voted the NBA coaches of 2020. One of the co-coaches of the year, co-coaches of the year, which Nick Nurse only missed by one vote to be like a three-way tie.
2: I'm not sure what kind of audacity people have towards Nick Nurse right now, but how that guy doesn't get coach of the year is it, absolutely beyond it, me.
3: It sounds bad, but I almost thought it should have been him and Billy Donovan over
1: Milwaukee. 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 Oh, listen, and, and that's because yeah, they were I,
3: expected to do well, that. Well, what's Chris. interesting
1: is they Milwaukee, obviously a favorite. They give it to him, yeah. but Billy D, they, get, they rewarded sure. exceeding expectations. But in the he East, should. they didn't see the reward-giving expectation. Yeah. They just gave it to the best team. Yeah. So it's an interesting. It's two ways to look at it, and they kind of took it two different ways. Uh, the the coaches that vote on it. Yeah. Listen, folks that vote
2: on. I it. I mean, depending on what happens this year with with Giannis, if he chooses to come back to Milwaukee or not, if Giannis was to leave Milwaukee and all of a sudden Milwaukee's still a top three team in the East, then by all means, give that you know give Mike his Coach of the Year. He's earned it. I'm not campaigning for that. I'm campaigning for Nick Nurse. I think that guy deserves it, even maybe more than Billy Donovan, just because. Yeah. Listen, when Kawhi Leonard left. At least my, and I'm not sure how the city of Toronto felt, but I think we all felt yeah. like, listen, well oh, the Raptors are going to be back to the, 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 the old days. But I, no, they're not. They're still good.
3: I agree with you in the fact that I didn't think they were going to do well, but I will say for Billy Donovan's case, I didn't think the Thunder were even going to win 20 games. And they're... Yeah really good right now
1: all right we got yeah. quick thoughts get out of here uh hockey did you yeah. watch any of it would you oh, think I, of the presentation yeah i've watched three games
2: um shout out to defensive de- defenseman from uh the minnesota wild i believe matt dumba um defensive um lineman or whatever a uh, defensive hello uh he plays on the defensive side of the puck let's just say <laughs> sorry man uh, i got all confused here but um yeah watching the hockey and he actually he was the first guy to Take a knee. They brought him out um, kind of like on the carpet. He took a knee, and then they, obviously his teammates and everything, his peers, surrounded him, put their hand around him, uh, did the whole national anthem there. I thought that was a great touch by the NHL. Nicely done. I will say this about the NHL games right now. Guys are a little out of shape, okay? Once that third period hits, guys are starting to skate slow a little bit. All right, Scoring's a little down um, unless you count that. It was the Oilers-Blackhawks game, which was just a ridiculous game, to say the least, high scoring. But for the most part, scoring is down. I think guys are still getting a little conditioned. To me, right now, if you go back to that Avalanche-Blues game, one at the last second— but I think this, this whole series, at least right now,
1: is going to favor the young guys and the young teams. Yeah, it's pretty wild that you have to jump right back into the playoffs, man. Yeah. I tell you, I've been saying That's that for crazy, the last few days. Man. I think that is a harder thing <laughs> yeah. than people anticipate. And it's hockey. Like, it's yeah. taxing. It's, and you know it's yeah. just a different level. Yeah. To try to get to that level mm-hmm. after not playing for months, I think it's a very difficult thing. They only had one exhibition game exactly, uh, as well. All right, lastly, The Rock owns the XFL now with a couple of others. Do you like the idea of it?
2: I love the idea. I mean, the guy's everywhere, right? It doesn't matter what kind of movie he puts out. It's a blockbuster. He's going to sell tickets. He's got his own thing on NBC now, the Titans game. should be doing pretty well. The guy's a master promoter. He knows what he's doing. And I think with XFL, I mean, he's the face.
1: He's the name. People are going to come watch him. By the way, 15 mil for that group, but even if it was just The Rock's money, yeah. is peanuts. Oh, I mean, so who cares? It's yeah. like, it's like take a chance, and if it fails, so what? Yeah. That's what 15 million is I to mean, him. Hey,
2: if you think Patrick Mahomes is making money, The Rock's
1: like, <laughs> 500 million? <laughs> What? That's nothing. <laughs> but you said it. you got to be interested now to watch the promotion part of it. Yeah. Because that's where the genius could lie. Now, listen... Vince McMahon, WWE, that's kind of where his genius sure. was surrounded well, too.
2: And also keep in mind, like, you're never going to go toe-to-toe with the NFL. It's not going to happen, right? You don't have the players to do that. But you can bring the entertainment value to it. And this is what The Rock, I think, is going to focus on. Bringing, bringing football, obviously, but bring more entertainment to it.
1: Alright, Pat show today. A lot to get to. We'll do a little bit more of it tomorrow, including the Jags. We'll see if Gardner Minshew talks to the media. I'll see you on TV tonight, CBS 47 and Fox 30. Thanks for hanging with us here on a